I'm so excited to be here this morning. I'm buzzing. I've been told I've got to stay this way for a little and not move around too much, which might be hard, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to pray again. Sorry. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. I'm Holy Spirit. I pray for the spirit of revelation to come into this place this morning. More of it. And the spirit of wisdom and discernment. I pray for a living understanding of the words that we're going to speak about this morning. From your word, the book, the word of God. We need you, Holy Spirit. We've spent the last two... Very long. <laughs> we spent the last two, more than two months, looking at this upside-down kingdom. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus laid this constitution of his kingdom and what it looks like. And it really just pictures and expresses the nature of Christ. I am so excited about it. I'm so excited. I've been in it for six weeks and I'm just, we've just dipped our finger. Just, it's like an iceberg and we've just looked at the top of it. And I'm telling you, if you're not excited, if it's not speaking to you, I implore you, look at it again. Because this stuff is just gold. It's telling us what Jesus wants us to live like, what he wants us to look like, what he wants his community and his kingdom to look like. And you should be excited. Yeah. You should. It establishes this value system that Jesus insists on. And it's the, I'm a scientist, the litmus test that we should be testing our own spiritual development against. And also all of the, all of the, the, the impact of everything we do, all of our ministry, are we looking more like these Beatitudes? Are we looking more like as a community what Jesus wants us to look like? This morning we're going to be talking about judging others. And it's so important that we, we look at the sermon as a whole, but also as the Bible as a whole, as we look at these words. He's, he's talking about how we should conduct ourselves, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we judge each other, and also ourselves. It's so, it's, I think it's impossible. It's, it's nearly impossible. It's impossible to do it ourselves. And Karen's words keep coming back to me. I'll help you. I'll help you. And that's what God's saying this morning. I'm going to help you. But we're going to tackle these things this morning. I'm thinking about our new church. We can learn something, something really significant this morning about what it means to have great foundations in the way that we speak to each other. The way that we bring accountability to each other. And the way that we, that we look to ourselves and that we, 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 we judge ourselves. We're going to have a look at the words from Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So, heavy words this morning. What exactly did Jesus mean when he says, judge not? I think it's so important that we understand this at this time, in this age. 
I think an age that often hates theology, a society which is often repulsed by the idea that there is a standard for living, and Jesus and the Bible talk about the standard for living. In an age which often we love ease and compromise, and, and really it's, it's, it's anything for an easy and a quiet life. Some say that judge not should be simply just not to judge, ever. That we shouldn't really express an opinion, ever. Just don't judge. We must be easy and a bit indulgent and just so tolerant and almost anything can go for peace and fellowship and unity. I understand too that Christians can be phenomenally judgmental and that we can have a problem with this and hypocritical and we can judge people away from Jesus. So we're really on two sides of this, we're in the wrong, we're in the wrong place. We need to find out what we're working with. He never intended his words to be used as a means to allow men to live without accountability. That is not what he meant here. Nor did he mean that there are no circumstances that we should judge. We should judge. This passage is setting a different course, a different course from what the Pharisees did in that age, in that, in that time that, that they set. They placed these heavy burdens on people. And they didn't live it themselves. They judged critically, harshly. They didn't live under the same scrutiny that they were taught, teaching. Judge not that you be judged. In Pharisaic law, they, they created this like 600 or something extra laws that the people were supposed to live by. And it, to me, it's as though accountability to God was being replaced by accountability to man. And it was this false sense of righteousness. Jesus was issuing a, a warning to the religious leaders of the time. But I believe also laying out a guideline for how we believers should follow. Follow in regard to criticism and judgment. The idea that we should not judge is criticized even in the same chapter of, of Matthew that we're talking about. In verse 6 he says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw pearls, throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. How can we put that into practice if we don't judge? We don't exercise judgment. Who are the dogs and who are the pigs? A bit further on in verse 15, he says, Beware, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. They appear honest and harmless and lovely and nice, but we'll know by their fruit. If I'm not to have any standard, or exercise discrimination, how can I test the fruit? It's impossible. In trying to avoid the tendency to condemn, I think we've swung, like I said a minute ago, over to the other side, and we're again in this false position. I don't often say this about Christian life, because I, I think that often there is a, a way to live, and it's not about balance, but here I think it's about balance. I'm a doctor, I'm a psychiatrist, kind of judge for a living. I don't <laughs> I spent quite a lot yeah, I judge for a living. I don't get laboratory tests. I don't get I don't get any kind of medical help with my diagnosis. I look at people, I speak to people, I hear what they say, I ask questions. I listen to the people around my patients, my clients. I I look at myself. I have to. I have to look to see if what I'm seeing in the situation before me is congruent. If what they're saying 
and what they're doing and what other people are saying, if it makes sense. I look at myself and I think, am I prejudiced? Am I, am I bringing my own crap in here? Am I bringing it to my work? Am I bringing it to you, my patient? And I make judgments. I make judgments that, that really can change people's lives and their, yeah, that changes people's lives. So if we're not supposed to judge at all, I have a really good comment. <laughs> One thing that this passage says to me is that he is so concerned with the manner of our judgment. And this is what we're going to talk about today. In John, a bit later, he talks about, he encourages the pe people to employ this righteous judgment. So he's not saying don't judge. He says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So, in preparing for this, this has been in my spirit for weeks and weeks. And I've been trying to look at some of these things in myself. Because when you start looking at these things, they come up. Everything comes up. And I've spent so much time on my knees, on my face, trying to look at these things of judgment in me. I've been trying to think about what are the characteristics of the spirit that condemns the judgmental spirit? What does it look like? And I want us to think about it. I want us to open ourselves up a little bit for ourselves, in ourselves. And think about these things. Think about what a judgmental spirit looks like for us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list some things. I'm going to speak about some things. And I want us to, we can just look at this as a nice talk and a nice few things jotted down on a piece of paper or we might not remember any of it. But I'm point to think about the way that you interact with people as I speak about these things. And be honest with yourself if any of these things you see in yourself. A self-righteous spirit. Are you always correct? Are you spiritually and morally superior? Is that you're dealing with people? Of course, it doesn't happen all the time, but can you see that in yourself? Are you hypercritical? Are you excessively and unreasonably critical, even about really small things? Do you have a readiness inside? Do I have a readiness inside myself to give judgment when the matter is of no concern to me? I think the media and the internet and social media can be a really big problem with these things. We sit and we issue our little judgments. And actually, what we say with our mouths is really, it's, it's important. And often these things have no, nothing to do with us. Are we eager to rush to judgment against people? Because if we're eager, then I've questioned the spirit because we should not be eager. Do we put prejudice in the place of principle, our prejudice? Do we put personality in the place, our personality, the other person's personality, in the place of principle? Do we habitually express our opinions without knowledge of all the facts? And actually, are we interested in taking the time to understand the circumstance? Am I ready to excuse? Are you ready? What about to show mercy, to be merciful in our dealings with people? What about pronouncing judgment on an individual? Not on what they say, not on what they do, not on what they believe, but upon a person. I hear this, I see this, I've done this. When we condemn, 
or dismiss a person, we are assuming a power that belongs to God and God alone. We have to check ourselves. I don't know about you, but I look at myself and I think, God, thank you. Thank you that when we were still sinners, you died for us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Because this stuff is just like, I do this. This is in me. But he wants to tackle this in us and change the way that we communicate with each other. These words, the word of God says that God will judge us the way that we judge others. He is so explicit here. He looks at us. He addresses us rather than the other. We are the object of his evaluation and ultimately of his judgment. It's us. He's speaking to us. He's trying to get us before we're rushing off to judgment to, 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 to sit before the Lord, to seek his opinion, to examine ourselves before him. When we rush to judgment, the critical spirit, we're guilty. It's irrelevant what the other person has done. This sounds heavy, but this, this is just so... It's beautiful as well as heavy. <laughs> so we've identified some of the characteristics of this, of this judgmental spirit that might or might not be within us. It's definitely got some roots in me. How do we call someone? How do we call somebody to live in kingdom values? I want to say it that way, not sit there and hold people to a cow and expose their sin. The church, we're quite good at using that terminology. But how do we pull people into kingdom values? How do we say, come on, Jesus has got the best. Oh, Johnny, I tell you, I'm going to read it all because it's just so exciting. <laughs> he does this. He literally puts his money where his mouth is and it's beautiful. John 8, 1 to 12. They went, each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who'd been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down, and he wrote with his finger on the ground. They continued to ask him, and he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin amongst you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one. Did. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. I don't know about you, but I can see, I can see the love of God for that woman in that passage. Mm. I can see his mercy to that woman. Love needs to be the centerpiece of everything we do with regards to, to judgment the centre of our motives. Love fundamentally seeks the good in the other person. It changes our outlook, it changes the way we judge. Even when, even when we're bringing accountability and judgment. The Pharisees here, they bought her, they dragged her in, they're like, look, we caught her in the very act. They thought themselves so much better than her. But their lives, nobody was holding them to account. Do not judge others thinking that you're better 
check our own hearts. Let's all check our own hearts before we even think about judging someone else. Sin is sin is sin is sin is sin. I think that we've got this idea, and it, it's us, I think, that, that somehow my sin's not that bad and everybody else's sin's just really bad. Alexander and I spent a lot of time in prisons, in prisons in Africa, especially on death row in Uganda and Kenya. And I'm telling you, this work has been done in me so many times where I have been broken and humbled and God has just convicted me at the idea that somehow I'm going in somehow righteous and these people are just going to, people who have been condemned to death, people who, who have murdered, who have raped, who have killed, who have the most heinous stories of, of, of nastiness and, and God time and time again in that environment says to me, Hannah, your sin is no different. The cross is sufficient for both. You come in with your pride, you come in with your this, you come in with issues, but it's no different. They repent, you repent, it's flat ground. So good. To God, as it relates to us, our sin is always the plank. Always. And the other person's sin is always the speck. He cares about us. He is specifically focused on us. Our choices, our decisions, and the way we live for him, for righteousness. He is concerned with how we live in our hearts. And how we live walking out our lives. He always wants to deal ruthlessly with our sin and mercifully with the others. We must consider the measure of mercy we use, because that will be used back to us. Let's be so generous. But the manner we use to judge others will be the manner that's used to judge us. I think, also, we have to consider, who is this person that we're, we're talking about or talking to? Because these are, these are loved. These, these, are, these are created people loved by God. These are his workmanship. We're not here to break somebody down, to sit there with our pointy finger saying that you're not living in the way that I think you should be living. This is not our role. This is not our job. He loves them. He sends us maybe to bring correction, but generally he wants us to build up, not to pull down. Our job is never to pull people into the ground without condemnation. Never. It's never our job. I love Lloyd-Jones speaks about the church will be called into purity with brokenness and tenderness, not with brashness and arrogance. Mm. That's beautiful. The church will be called into purity with brokenness and tenderness, wow. not with brashness and arrogance. Mm -hmm. You know, some people's sins, some people's flaws, some people's lifestyle choices are right there. They're like wounds. We can see them. It's so easy to judge. What if we were characterized by the thing that we were most ashamed of? What if it was there as a big gaping wound for everybody to see? But we're not. Often we're not. I think as Christians, we find it so easy just to kind of bury stuff and to make ourselves look just that little bit better than we are. But I think some people, my patients, people who are mentally unwell, often they just can't hide. Their stuff is just, the shit is on the surface. It's just there. You can't do, you can't move away from it. It's just there. But we can just make it look, our pride can just be covered or... Our, the stuff that goes on in our bedroom by ourselves can just be covered. And this, we can just cover it up. But what if we were really judged by that thing that we, that, that causes us shame? Not that I think we should be shameful, but that thing inside of us that we, 
but we're trying to help. We have to be merciful, guys. We need more zeal to inspect ourselves than to correct others. That's what my prayer is. Let me have more zeal. Let me, let me look inside myself. We need to be broken over our collective sin. Because when we're broken over the sinfulness of us as community, over us in this world, then the way that we judge others is transformed. This happened to me. I was in sin. I was in sexual sin. Years, years, years ago. And, and somebody came to me, and God has spoken to them. And he's spoken, and he's exposed some of the things that I, I was doing to them. And she came to me, and she was, she got this. She humbled herself before her God. She, was, she didn't want to come to me. She was, she was pained, and you could tell that she'd, she'd really seen, and, and, and she'd really had a burden with God trying to work out whether to come to me with this, because it was something that you couldn't see. You couldn't see at all, and she didn't know if she was right, she didn't know if she was wrong. And she came, and she showed me so much love, so much grace, and so much mercy in the way she interacted with me. She, she pulled me up into Kingdom values. She made, she opened that communication, which meant that we could talk about this, this thing that was hidden and the thing was dirty and hidden. And, and we suddenly started being able to talk about this thing again. She exposed my sin between us, and God was in the middle of it. And it was beautiful. But I've also heard time and time again when this isn't people's experience. When people are hurt by the way that people come to them. When people are hurt by the way that people condemn them and look at their sin. And I really believe this morning that God wants to do something with that. Yeah. That he wants to come. And if there, are, if there are hurts and wounds with regard to people having put that finger on you and said, actually, you're not measuring up. You're sinning. You're this. You're that. Actually, God's saying, it's not how we do it. Jesus didn't do it like that. It's not, it's not a kingdom way of living. And he wants, to, he wants to heal in those areas this morning. I'm going to summarize, because I'm a scientist and I love summary. And these are my main points. But I also, I believe he's telling us that we're always, we're all, always work, work, walking, walking under the Father's eye. That we're on this journey that our daily life is this journey and we're leading to, to final judgment. I think we really have to be aware and this to be something that we're thinking about. As Christian people, we need to do our stuff, our daily lives, our lives, everything that we do, with this in mind, that we're going to have to render an account. It says again, we must not judge in the wrong spirit. That we be not judged by the Lord. By judging, we're exposing ourselves to judgment which we are going to have to answer. But we're not just producing judgment for ourselves. We're setting the very standard by which we're judging. That's what he says. With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. It's measuring back on us. Really, I think we're incapable of judgment. It's not very helpful at this point. We're really very... Oh, if we were that concerned, we'd look at ourselves and our pride and our righteousness and really think, look at ourselves. We have to really question before we think about judging anybody. Are we judging the person or the sin? I think this is fundamental because I think so often we go in hard, but I think it's our problem with the person so many times. 
We fail to differentiate between the person and the problem of sin. I think we have to start with our own spirit and we have to, we have to stand before God and say, God, I'm going I'm to face you honestly. Like, like <clears throat> admit, like, I need to admit who I am. I need to admit what's going on in my heart. I need to admit before you, God, how, what are my interactions like with other people? How am I doing this stuff? We have to examine our attitudes towards other people. We have to examine what's gone on before and think about the way we actually, we actually do this in our lives. I think when a man has truly seen himself before God, when, when him and God, when you and God have had this conversation and you're really looking at your own heart and looking at the way you do this stuff, and if you really understand who you are in this sense, that the way that we judge, the way that we are, the way that we interact is transformed because we look at ourselves first. I could go on, I could talk about 10 million different things, but I'm not going to because I've said what I want to say. I've said what I believe God has put on my heart this morning to say. We have an opportunity to respond this morning and not, not walk out of that door the same as what we've come in this morning with regards to these things. Holy Spirit, we need, we need you, God. There are a few things that, that I've been praying about these things for some weeks, and I've, I've already mentioned one of them. But there are a few things that I'm going to say that I think that God's saying this morning and He's speaking to this morning. One is about hurt. One is about having not been dealt with these things properly in the past, or having been people not having having spoken to you, or or, or being Christ-like in the way that they've dealt with these things in you, or you haven't done it to somebody else in a Christ-like way. You haven't communicated in a way which actually brings honour to the Father, that brings honour to Jesus. And I think that he wants to, he wants there to be a line in the sand when it comes to those things today. And I think that I invite you to, to come, to, to let's, I need to repent, I've repented, I've spent so much in the last few weeks repenting. But we need to repent, guys. We need to repent. We need to bring these things before him. We need to get on our knees and we need to repent because he wants to put a line and, it, and we don't have to talk about this stuff again with regard to the past. If you see these characteristics of a, a judgmental spirit in your own life, if you can see them, guys, let's, let's, he wants to do something in our hearts this morning. He wants to come. He wants, he wants us to come. He wants us to step out in faith. But he wants to change our hearts this morning so that our next interaction with somebody will not be the same. Mm. I want my interaction to look like John A. I want it to look like that. that, that he it's beautiful. It's, it's incredible. I want it to be like that. I want my interaction to be like that. And it's not like that. And, and I, we come to him. We come to him. He pours himself out to us. He helps us see him for who, who he is. He helps us see us for who we are. He gives us his hand and he pulls us up and he says, I'm going to help you. But unless we come, he's not going to grab the hand and he's not going to pull. We've got to make it. We've got to make a choice. We've got to come to him. And if, guys, if you're living in sin this morning, especially sexual sin, you've got an opportunity. You've got an opportunity to come repent 
and be free of this, for God to do something in your heart and in your life this morning which says tomorrow you still have to face the same challenges. But he wants to come in and do something in your heart this morning which can just change the way, the trajectory of that thing in your life, the power it has over you can be changed this morning. We were talking earlier about miracles. I, I love praying. If you want to pray about anything, you're welcome to come and pray. Really, if you feel like fantastic and you want somebody to stand with you, let's pray. If you feel like absolute crud, come and pray. If you don't know what you're doing tomorrow, let's just pray. Really, I just, it doesn't matter. But he wants us to come to him this morning, to humble ourselves, to come and just to, to meet with him.